Hey everyone, you're tuned into InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. All the stuff that makes life interesting. So let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy. And this episode we're going to be talking about stuff we're watching. Yes, we've done this before in previous podcasts and... We have. I, I think that uh, they're relatively well received. I think so. You this know? is uh, volume two. So the, if you're looking for more things to watch, uh, scroll on back through the catalog to episode 45 and you can listen to our first batch of recommendations. So we're going to talk about uh, some shows we're watching recently, not necessarily new shows, just new to us. And I think with the uh, you know ongoing pandemic, people are spending a little more time at That's home. That's what I was just going to say. I think that a lot of people are in the same boat as us. You're at home. You're like maybe snacking a little bit more, you know, maybe eating a little bit more unhealthy foods. Well, you know what? Maybe I should just talk about that. That's me. That's my, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've been doing that a bit. So have you? Is this a confession? This is a confession that I didn't even feel like I was ready to do, but I guess I am. <laughs> it is Easter yeah. weekend, so. It is Easter weekend. We've eaten a little bit of chocolate. Yes. Absolutely. But we've been watching some amazing programs as well. Yeah, I know. While we eat that chocolate, we're watching some good shows. Yeah, we're watching. I mean, we've we've watched some doozies for so, sure. So we'll go through these and we'll we'll try to say where they where they came from and ba- I mean how we've watched them. But yeah. some of them, you're just going to have to be a little creative and find yep. ways to uh, find ways stream to find them, them. However, yep. you may find them. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. The first one is a little bit of an obscure show. I <laughs> heard about it through. Uh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, yeah, who's he, one of your favorite podcasters. And uh, and an author, and he does a Five Bullet Friday email and often gives recommendations on different things that he's reading, watching. Yeah. And he recommended Hamilton's Pharmacopia. Which is a Vice uh, production. Right. So it actually it began as a monthly column about psychoactive drugs um, that was written by the host, which is uh, Hamilton Morris. For Vice Magazine. Who is the son of Errol Morris, who has done some amazing documentaries also. Right, a, a very uh, well-known filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And so then it became an American docuseries, and it premiered on Viceland in 2016, which now uh, is known as Vice TV. Yeah. And there are uh, three seasons. There's a bit of a gap. I even wonder it started... if they're going to continue doing more. Did well, you, do you know that? Or in your research, did you find that out? There may be. The third season actually uh, only ran in 2021. Oh, okay. So just recently. So there was a big gap because of uh, COVID. Yeah. And uh, That seems to be the case for a lot of shows. Yeah, I'm hoping that there'll be a, a, another one. The, uh, essentially, the premise is that the the host is Hamilton Morris, and he explores the history, chemistry, social impact of psychoactive substances. But drugs substances. we didn't even know existed, to be honest. Well, and the, yeah. And the crazy political history and the, you know, just the ways in which these clandin, clandestine, I don't even know if I'm saying that word right, clandestine? You're overthinking you, it. Clandestine. It's clandestine. It's, it's just clandestine. Ways in which these drugs are produced is so fascinating it truly is and he gets i don't know about the footage that he gets like the access that he gets to some of these drug 
kingpins and stuff. It doesn't seem right. I don't know how he does it. Well, I know, and they they try to conceal their identities, and some of them do a better job than others. Some I'm of them like, are if if I downright was, comical with it, with well, the third eye and the hat and stuff. <laughs> I could... If I if I was trying to con, I think about this on a lot of shows. If I was going to conceal my identity, yeah, I would make sure it was fully concealed. I find sometimes people will just you know, put something over the bottom of their face, which essentially we're all doing now with masks. So we're getting really good at identifying people just by their eyes. Or just conceal their voice even. Even if they do that, like their mannerisms and the way in which they speak could give them away so easily. Sometimes they're completely covered and then they'll have like a very distinct arm tattoo or something. It is phenomenal. Like it's a really great show and it just, it it keeps you going. Like I, I always find that Hamilton's approach with the people that he's talking to, or even when he's talking to us as viewers, he's so ridiculously dry and just so... Like, it's hard to tell whether or not he's being earnest or comical when he's speaking to us sometimes. Well, he's very much a scientist. He's, you yeah. know, he, he, he has knows a strong stuff. knowledge of chemistry and it comes into play throughout the uh, throughout the series. So, and the series, you know, involves a lot of travel. So you get to see some interesting places from uh, Oaxaca, Mexico, yeah. to South Africa, uh, you know, some. And there are particular episodes where he actually indulges in the drugs that he's trying to describe to us as viewers, right. which is which is really those are the really entertaining ones for me to see him all spaced out on particular drugs like mushrooms. I think he did mushrooms in one of them. Not to give it away. I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that. No, well, and I think uh, a lot of the drugs are, some of the drugs are, are common, commonly known, PP, yeah. PCP, uh, but that he really goes back to the, the pure, like the, the first, uh, the origins of these yeah. drugs and where they came from. So that's why he sort of travels to the source. My, I, sorry, I know, I know you want, probably want to get back to the list. But I just wanted to say that my favorite episode... What was, list? I have no list. <laughs> that my, <laughs> my favorite episode, though, was the one where he was interviewing the chemist who was, like, was charged early on in his chemistry career. And he had, like, he had made all these different drugs. Remember, he was busted and he was yes. living in this shack with his wife. And it was just like, he, yeah, they actually both was, had spent time in jail. Or... He was a guru of the chemistry, like the, you know, the self-made chemistry guy. MDMA. Guru. I MDMA. Think, I think, I think, I think MDMA, he did a lot so. of different, like he synthesized a lot of different drugs. And uh, anyways, it was really cool when he caught up with him and, and interviewed him because, you know, he was lamenting as to like what his what his life could have been you know as and a legit as a legitimate chemist he, like you know, i was as, saying to you when we were watching it like i said he could have been like a chemistry professor he's so knowledgeable when it comes to chemistry well that's the thing i think <clears> a lot of the chemists that are, are are cooking in labs they and they definitely do see it as an art form and you yeah. think if they if they had used that expertise, that you know, that skill in another direction, what what could have happened? But right. uh, I mean, this show really does it. You know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sensationalizes or glorifies. glorifies, you know, different types of psychoactive drugs, and also talks about you know some very specific medicinal uses. Spiritual. Uses he interviews and... uh, shamans, scientists, yeah. uh, a lot of uh, you know figures on on the fringe of of uh, society and so definitely check it out again that's hamilton's pharmacopoeia and uh yeah that's probably one you're gonna have to do a little digging to find but it's worth the effort 
Uh, next one I had on my list was Better Things. Better Things was a great show, yeah. It was really good. And it's uh, it's on FX. Uh, it's a comedy drama television series, and it features um, Pamela Adlin. Yeah. And it was actually created by her and Louis C.K., um, however, in November of 2017, after Louis C.K. confirmed all of the sexual misconduct allegations, mm-hmm. uh, when he confirmed they were true, FX actually canceled their, their overall deal with uh, C.K. and his production company. So he had no involvement in future seasons beyond that point. Beyond what season was that? Uh, so that was in 2017. I think it was the third season. Okay. So four seasons have aired. Uh, the last one, there was a bit of a gap in this one too, aired in spring of 2020. And it's actually been renewed for a fifth season. So yeah. uh, there'll be more coming out. And it's it's really interesting. I mean, the, the premise is that... Uh, Adeline plays a character named Sam Fox, and she's a divorced actress. Yeah. And she's raising her three daughters in California on her own as sort of a, a B-list actress and, and you know, supporting her a ex-husband veteran, financially and, yeah. and uh, ex- uh, you know, has her mother living across the street. And That's what, that's what I loved about that show was the realistic portrayal of so family the cat, life. The cat just scared the crap out of me. Oh, what's he doing? I didn't even hear it. Oh, he's just but meowing. The the realistic portrayal of family just life was just amazing in that show. Like, All the acting is incredible. Because I hate those kids and then I love them. Like, I hate them and then I love them. And that's not, not the way I am with my kid, but like, you know. Did you hear him that time? I did hear him that time, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? Our listeners are used to it. You so made me think that guys, I was like, I, I... I honestly, I was I was talking at the time and I didn't, I honestly didn't even hear him. No? I, I, Charlie, think, I was thinking after the <laughs> Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, I thought I was having a little auditory hallucination there. <laughs> I was like, did I, did I really hear the cat or do I just have this the weird old anxiety of kicking uh, in? Charlie always, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, better things. It actually received a Peabody Award in... Uh, in 2017 and it was described as being searingly funny and beautiful um and it's at times uh, a raw examination of the vicissitudes of working motherhood crackling with feminist verve and energy that consistently cuts new ground yes descriptive sentence that was and And it's true did you hear me nail that vicissitudes yeah that was that was pretty i have no idea if i pronounced that correctly but you should get an award for that you should get a peabody for how you uh i don't even know if they give peabodies for properly pronounced words but that was a good one. I like Pamela Adlin, and she does a really great job in that show. Yeah, and I love her too. She she actually, uh, the first time I ever saw her in anything was Louis Louis the show Louis, where she played. Yeah, that's right. She dated Louis or whatever, and she was just like a, she's just she stole the show, the scene, every scene that she was in. How strange it is! All these people that associated with Louis C.K. and then that happened, and they basically had to just completely. Yeah, you were telling me earlier today that Mark Maron did the same thing. He just yeah. once once he, that happened, he was like, "I basically disowned the guy." Well, I mean, it's hard when the, the person comes out and admits it, and yeah, I wonder if he admitted it thinking that, oh, you know what? I'm just being real. I'm just telling people. Like, I just I don't know. You know, a lot of a lot of like celebrities deny, deny, deny. He came right out and said that yeah, I did it. Well, you're right, and I, it's interesting. Maybe it was part of a you know a legal yeah decision. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. Most of the time, it's all complete denial. It's rare that people will come out and admit it. And yeah. uh, I guess maybe maybe he expected to be rewarded for that, but that didn't happen. 
Uh, no, it didn't. Another show we we stumbled upon this one, and it is really awesome. It's called Catastrophe, and that oh, one yeah. was on, uh, I think I'm quite certain it's still on Amazon Prime. What was that one about again? Oh, my goodness. So that was, it's a British remember. sitcom. And it was uh, it was written and it also written by and stars Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney. Oh yes, okay, and, that and, one. And it's funny because they actually their characters have the same names. And they have they're named Sharon and and Rob, but they have different last names or yeah. character names. Um, I always find that funny when actors use their actual the, name. Use their actual names on in a show. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Um, I remember that show, and it was funny. It was short lived, though. It didn't really last very long, did it? And it hasn't been renewed. Well, it right? did have a few seasons. It had uh, three three seasons altogether, and it. I mean, I th- I thought it wrapped up quite well. So I think it's it's worth the watch. And I, I it was one of those ones I laughed out loud to. Sharon Horgan is just an amazing uh, comedic writer and actress, and and Rob is an actual comedian, right? Yes. Yes. And I, well, yeah, and they. If you if you IMDb or is yeah. that a verb? Can you IMDb? Hey, some? why not? If you IMDb Sharon Horgan, she it it'll blow your mind how many things she's been in, how many uh, you know hits she's been associated with. But the premise of the show is that she portrays um, uh, like a single woman living in London, and she meets up with Rob uh, with and they have a one night stand. One night they stand. meet in a bar, and she becomes unexpectedly pregnant. Um, and then, and then it's then just it's, the shenanigans that happen afterwards. Exactly. And without giving anything too away, you know, like away too much, you know. I found this interesting, the name Catastrophe. The reason they named that show uh, Catastrophe, it was named after a quote from the movie Zorba the Greek. Oh. And the quote was, I am a man, so I married. Wife, children, house, everything. The full catastrophe. <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's great. how they came up with the name for it. So their names uh, in the show are Sharon Morris and Rob Norris. <laughs> But uh, so what? What uh, do you, do you know? What channel that one is featured on, or, uh, or like what network? I do not. It, okay. Well, it came out on as a British sitcom originally, okay, yeah. but now it's featured on Prime. So okay, yeah. Uh, and it also stars um, Carrie Fisher plays Rob's mother, and it was her, uh, Carrie Fisher's last, oh, yeah. her final TV role. She actually passed away between I think it was between the third and second and third season and um, she plays some rough character man she does oh it's, it's she's got a, she's got a lot of character oh she's so good in it i feel yeah she was she was really good and another interesting part around this show or um i guess a little uh, interesting fact is that rob delaney uh, in real life suffers from depression and uh, is a recovering alcoholic and he actually use that as a bit of a theme in the show oh yeah um so it's autobiographical for him a bit exactly so you know it's one of those shows that blurs the line a little bit between the two he i found in that show had excellent comedic timing that was his like coup de gras whatever he was he was like you know just i I wouldn't say so much that he was like a fantastic actor but like because he's a comedian and he had great comedic timing his character said the right things in the right way and it was just it was very enjoyable to watch 
You know what was interesting to me though is I after we finished we wrapped up the show and then we looked up some of his stand up and I didn't find his stand up comedy no. as funny as he was in the show. No, I didn't either. I remember we watched some like bits and stuff that he did and it really wasn't it didn't translate as well as his acting did in the show. For it's sure. interesting how that crossover doesn't always happen. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's seamless or it seems to be. I know there's a lot of work in the background. You think of know, somebody like, like somebody Jerry like, Seinfeld. I was just going to say, he merges yeah, the two of them sitcom, together. And I don't know right. if it's the style of comedy they do on the stage is uh, just so different than what they're doing in their acting yeah. uh, career. But I don't know. Sometimes it translates, sometimes it doesn't. But usually once we watch a comedy and I'm if I find I'm laughing out loud, I want to, I want to check out the stand-up because that's usually where they you know got got their start and i just saw online and just uh, as a quick aside that's jerry seinfeld did a uh, did a show like an unannounced show at like the comedy cellar in new york i think it was comedy cellars in new york right is that where it i is? think so yeah this, it's, i think it's just called like, the cellar first but, yeah. time since the pandemic so he want he couldn't wait to get back you know and he showed him with a mask and stuff a picture of him oh and really? he did like an unannounced like bit kind of thing so anyway that's He's, he, like, you know, people say, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's a safe comedian and that he doesn't really push the boundaries of, you know, ideas and stuff. But I, I feel like he, he does. But what I love, what I respect most about Jerry Seinfeld and his, his comedy is that he is a trooper. He just, he's, he loves the craft and he gets out and he does it as much as he can, you know? And I like that. That's my little tirade on. My little soliloquy about Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I mean, he's been asked before about retiring, and I don't think he, he has any plans for retirement. I mean, no. if you enjoy what you, he, you do that much, why would you make plans to, to stop doing it, at a, you know, uh, it, until, I guess, if you got to the point of uh, just, it, you know, maybe not being able to remember the material or something like that, but I think he's going to, we're going to see him for quite a few years yet. Was it you that told me that, that uh, Jerry Seinfeld may have... Uh, convinced eddie murphy to get back on the stage and do some stand-up it wasn't comedy me, no. no maybe i read it someplace then anyway okay so what's next on our list uh, this is shows? this is a funny one and people will probably laugh at us 30 rock oh we binge watched that show like no other oh, in our goodness. entire history of tv watching i really don't know how we missed it when it first came on but for whatever reason we didn't we didn't catch it the first time around oh, i actually so confused witty. it with third rock from the sun 30 rock oh, third yeah. rock yeah, yeah um but yeah so tina fey alec baldwin tracy morgan are some of the big names in that show if you didn't catch it the first time around it's oh. it's definitely worth watching um Liz Lemon is the character played by Tina Fey, and she's a head writer for a sketch comedy show. And essentially, she has to uh, deal with a very arrogant, eccentric uh, boss and stars of the show. So the boss is played by Alec Baldwin, and um, and she, He's through it all, she guy. just struggles to kind of keep this TV show running uh, successfully without like losing it. It, def- it definitely mimics... What I would imagine Saturday Night Live is like sometimes, you know, behind, yeah, sort of a behind the scenes look at a sketch. Was a head show. writer there as well. That's the thing. Like this show redefines like how comedy, how a comedy series is written. It is so. Oh, it's witty. rapid fire. It's so rapid fire, and it's just every every uh, character in their own unique way is larger than life, but like not in a tiresome way. It's so great. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they definitely develop their character. And for a sitcom, you know, they develop their characters very quickly. And they put so much content into such a short time frame. Yeah. And oftentimes, I'm sure that we've watched episodes where I missed half the jokes because they're just coming at you so fast. Yeah. It takes a while to, to even, you know. The, uh, that's the way I find, like, Family Guy is and The Simpsons. And, like, sometimes it's just, like... I'm still I'm still laughing at this joke that was awesome and and three I missed more three jokes <laughs> like you know but they did they got into hot water thirty rock well they did with- yeah June June of 2020 they four episodes of thirty rock were pulled so uh, two of them uh, included Jane Krakowski which is um, uh, what is her name in the show she she plays a character named Jenna Jenna and she's right. wearing uh, blackface. Yeah. And so uh, because of that, they they and there was uh, there was just a lot of, I guess, racial content undertones in, and stuff. In, and in they talk about Hitler episodes. a lot. You notice that? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's There's, bizarre. I don't know where that comes from, Tina. Tell us about where, what your fascination with Hitler is. I know. I'm sure if Hitler you Googled is. it, there's some, uh, you know, a million articles on that one, too. But uh Really what happened, so with those four episodes, they were removed from, uh, you know, subscription streaming services like Hulu and Amazon Prime and then uh, and sort of made unavailable for purchase from other platforms where they would carry uh, 30 Rock like iTunes or Google Play. And uh, and they will no longer air on traditional TV either. And they were actually pulled at the request of uh, Tina Fey and the other executive producer for the show, Robert Carlock. And And it was essentially, you know, we... With with the uh, yeah. explanation that we know better, we know better now, and we're going to do better, and we're gonna, you know, they're not appropriate. And if only our prime that. minister knew better back in the day. <sighs> but anyway, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great show. And you know what? I will, I will give the show marks for taking chances by doing that all live show was so phenomenal. Oh yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, by take. Oh, I thought you meant by taking chances with the racial content uh, but no, no not, not with that no they definitely pushed the envelope though when it came to just comedic uh you know input and stuff like right they, they really you know and i think tina fey has always been about that like well the case in point what i was just talking about with the hitler jokes and stuff like she likes to rattle people's uh you know ideas of what comedy is and i i respect that but it, it you know obviously not to get into a big uh, you know debate and conversation about you know the blackface and stuff but i i I respect that she pushes the envelope not the blackface face though yes no i know what you're saying it's i i think that comedians do good good comedians great artists push the boundaries but then there are limits and when race comes into it those are definitely uh areas that they need to stay away from but if you haven't seen the show i mean honestly it would take you I don't know how long it took us. It took us months to get through. I know there's so many episodes. And but we watch them a lot. And you know, a lot around, uh, I guess one, a positive area of pushing the boundaries, a lot around politics, right? There's oh, yeah. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of politics in that. Which like is... Reagan, like the whole conversation, the, the, the uh, correlation between uh, Alec Baldwin's character and Reagan and how he was always... Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he, put, he played a right-wing nut. Oh yeah, Alec Baldwin does an amazing job in that show. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, had, I had a new respect for his uh, his his. Well, I didn't really know that he had comedic, yeah, bones in his body. I guess I noticed though, like his character 
is like the way that he presents his character is really quite similar to the to the Trump impersonation that he did, does on uh, Saturday Night Live. It just must be the way the the method by which he acts, like in the way he moves his head and the way he, the the words come out of his mouth. It's so similar if you watch his character. Well, you're on right. The show. I mean, I think sometimes when you get so used to seeing somebody for in a role for a long period of time. Like I think Jennifer Aniston, you know, we watched her on friends for years. You get very used to some of the, you know, facial expressions, uh, gesturing that is actually just part of who they are. And then that tends to come across in any performance because it's, you know, it's the things that are subconscious, Mm -hmm. um, that people do. So, uh, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, yeah, that's a new show for us. Well, it's a new show, period, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's actually it was also created by Tina Fey um, and uh, Robert Carlock for NBC, and it reminded me a bit of Parks and Recreation, but it really yeah, it looks at uh, it's Ted Danson plays the mayor, and he, uh, he he's he's great, he's funny in it. It's um, his character's name is Neil Brem, uh, Bremer, and he's uh, just a you know rich businessman who runs for the mayor of L.A. and uh, the the previous mayor I guess is outed or out quite quickly because of COVID. So yeah. it's kind of a it's set with some discussion. One of the first I guess fictional shows that has a, quite a bit of COVID pandemic discussion around it, mm-hmm. which I found interesting, and. Um, what, <laughs> Jeff's completely distracting me because he's looking over my shoulder. Is the cat <laughs> the into something? The cat's about to eat something out of a bowl, and I'm about to fling an elastic at him I if he does. I don't know if that's an... <laughs> <laughs> Just to scare is, him away. This is what's happening in the background if, we, if we've if we completely lost focus. It's all right. No, it's only me that's lost focus. So he, he, it I think it's a, I think it's a false alarm anyway. So okay, yeah. It seems good. like he's moved on to other we're things. Good. Okay, so let's, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, Mr. Mayor. Mr. So, Mayor, I found, you know what I found about that show? And I, I want to know if you agree with me. Uh, and, and and these kinds of shows in, in particular, to be honest, like you mentioned Community. Well, a lot of the characters in that show are like larger than life in the beginning. And I found that Bobby Moynihan and the intern and whatever, like they were like larger than life. And it took me a little bit to get used to their characters. But once I did, it became it became funny and and like normal. But like at first I found their characters a little too much for me to digest. Like it was almost like not funny because they were going above and beyond what they should be like when they were do, when they were delivering lines for example they were really kind of you know really projecting and going over the top do you know what i mean like Jen, jenna's character as well in uh like in uh in 30 rock in 30 rock yes I, I i know exactly what you mean i think what the reason that that takes a little while to get used to is we've become so accustomed to watching these series with just well just incredible acting that is meant to very much seem like reality whereas sitcom acting is yeah. very much about an over-the-top character you yes know, they're they're playing a type it's true like three's company they were like over the top you know and uh what was that other one superstore that's why i didn't like that show to be honest like i, I it took me a while to, to digest that and figure it out but it's because the characters were just too over the top for me to really in, invest in like the suspension of disbelief i mean i can't believe you need that for a, a for a uh, sitcom, but I, it just... Well, you don't, I guess. No. I mean, that's the thinking, really, isn't it? It's yeah. that it's... Kramer is, like, over the top, but that's what makes the... it funny. But for me, that's what kind of ruins some uh, sitcoms. 
Well, we and we, but, I mean, we we're getting used. To, well, let's bring it back to the wire. Yeah, <laughs> it always comes back to the wire. The wire. Um, but uh, Mr. Mayor has some cameos of uh, from like you know playing themselves. Andy McDowell, Chrissy uh, Teigen, David Spade. So it's interesting that way. It'll be oh, interesting yeah. to see what happens in future uh, seasons because it has. Uh, only aired for one season, renewed for a second. So we'll we'll see that. It was actually recommended by our mayor of our city. We're uh, proudly hosting our podcast out of St. John, New Brunswick. And our mayor actually tweeted about Mr. Mayor. That's how um, we found out about that's it. That's how we found out about it, yeah. And that's how it got on our radar. I'm pretty sure he enjoyed it. I would like to f- uh, talk quickly about Marin. Oh, yeah, Mark Marin. We mentioned him earlier today. We did. So Mark Marin has a show called Just Marin. Uh, ran for uh, four seasons. And the reason it was on my radar, I was, I was listening to a podcast, uh, a WGF by Mark Marin, and uh, he was interviewing Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt said he'd watched the Marin series three times all the way through. So I was like, I got to check this out. Apparently it was on Netflix for a while, um, but I think it's since been removed from Canadian and American Netflix. But uh, you can find it wherever else you find your shows when they get removed from other yeah. Uh, listing services and it's very you know it's it's sort of um a fictional version of himself you know uh he it shows him running his podcast out of his garage so you see a lot of uh you know famous comedians that make appearances on the show and i really enjoyed it you know yeah i, I think it was one in all honesty like it's one of my all-time favorite shows that we've watched it really is like it's funny, it's well written, it's well acted. The characters are amazing, the settings are amazing, the uh, the way in which it's scripted as well. Like the way in which the storyboard, like how it follows a certain, uh, you know, chronology. Like how it ends with him talking you know, about his podcast. And anyway, it's just it's just such a great show. It is. It's so. It's uh, again. That's called Marin, and it's uh, it wraps up pretty well too. I mean it of the four seasons the fourth season was probably my least favorite it's a oh, little absolutely. bit a little bit different than the first three but yeah. you know teach your each their own and uh yeah definitely check it out i mean uh, mark maron's got a great podcast too so if yeah, you just started if you like to listen to that. podcasts we listened to like the bourdain one tonight which yeah. is number 200 and some odd and uh you know and we I, I like listening to that show as well to get like ideas for how to conduct our own podcast you know because he's been doing it a while we can learn some some stuff from that old yeah dog. i think the key to success is to inter- interview very famous people so we'll just have to get on that yeah actually yeah uh, that's true we've got some things coming for you in the future on this podcast please keep listening thank you for listening and we'll see you next week or when next podcast Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can catch up on past episodes at infoquench.com. Or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And help spread the word about InfoQuench. Till next time. time.